Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. If you haven't yet, head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and go pre-order a copy of Human Work by Warren. That LP is going to be awesome. The slime variant sold out, but the clear is still available. So please, if you haven't yet, do yourself a favor and don't sleep on this record. Also, From Within Fanzine number two, it's sold out. But if you head over to the Big Cartel, the Google Drive link is up so you can read the copy or excuse me, you can read issue two online for free. So shout out to Carter Holmes for putting that up there for everybody who's interested. Also, roster posters are still available. Shout out to Look Beyond Press for designing that and putting that together for From Within Records. Such an awesome roster and I'm stoked to see the future. Also, Payback Discography CD coming out next month. I'm still super stoked on that. Shout out Shackled, New Jersey Hardcore. The live stream with Hate56 is still up on Hate56's YouTube page. I'm definitely looking forward to their next record. Also, shout out MH Chaos coming out of Chicago. They're currently working on their next LP, which I'm really looking forward to. So shout out Chicago Hardcore. And like I always say, if you're not following From Within Records on Instagram or Twitter, please head over to their social medias and hit that follow button so you can stay up to date on all the current news. And please support From Within Records because they support us. Today is February 12th. My friends and family dinner just dropped their debut EP, You're So Cool. So please, if you haven't yet, uh, go listen to that podcast. I had on Michael and Natalie, super awesome people. But I'm just so high on that record. I love their music and I want everybody to know about their band. So please boot up your Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music or whatever and go stream You're So Cool by Family Dinner. On today's episode, we track down Nate Miller and Jeff Yuma to talk about UFC 258 and all other current MMA news. These are some of my favorite podcasts. I'm just so in love with the sport of MMA and I'm always just wanting to talk about it because I'm just so obsessed. I I love it. It's fun. It's, it's it's exciting. So if you're at all interested with what's going down at UFC 258 this weekend, please uh, tune into this episode. You can hear uh, Jeff, Nate, and I break down the card, give our opinions and picks, and we also talk a little Bellator because Bellator had some big announcements earlier this week, and I'm super stoked on it. So please strap in. Enjoy this episode, and without further ado, welcome Nate Miller and Jeff Yuma to the show. back with another mma show welcome back nate and jeff how's it going guys it's going well that man cool. okay before we get started jeff uh obviously i follow you on twitter you tweeted out taylor swift 1989 i'm curious what that was about okay so i never gave that record like a legitimate chance like i knew like some of the hits on it or whatever mm-hmm. and i listened to i listened to it all the way through today and that shit is a fucking ripper. Incredible record. Very, very, very good. 
and I wasn't expecting it to be that awesome. So I tweeted about it, even though I'm like, I know like seven years too late. You're like three records late, which is yeah. crazy, yeah. but it's okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I find it interesting that you tweeted that today because uh, at the time of this recording uh, tonight, Taylor Swift is going to be releasing the first single off of her re-recording of Fearless because uh, you, you know she had that big um, issue with her uh, masters and uh, you know them being sold off to Scooter Braun and uh, her kind of getting screwed out of that whole deal. So she was locked into this contract where she she couldn't uh, re-record her music uh, un- until it was like last December where um, she was uh, finally free. There's all these hashtags about it. So she announced. Uh, you know, since she doesn't own those old masters that she's going to go back and re-record uh, her six original albums. And uh, now she's going to own those masters and be able to get all the revenue and start collecting money that she deserves. Cause you know, that that's, th- those are her, her songs, her music. So yeah. the, the, the first record she's uh, uh, releasing it, it's like uh, she's redoing fearless and it's going to be, you know, a fearless uh, uh, Taylor's version. Cause this is the re-recording and it's going to be uh, like 26 tracks and uh, tonight oh. she's re- releasing love story as the first single oh. and oh my god dude i'm so excited because i love taylor swift and uh just to be able to come into this new era and get some of my favorite songs re-recorded and we're starting right here with fearless and then we're eventually going to build our way back up all the way to lover so we, uh, 1989 didn't get re-recorded it's going to be insane let's fucking go that's actually one of my favorite taylor swift songs I'm okay. So I'm curious if she's going to keep it the same. Oh no. Cause I mean, she's, so she's just going to completely change it and re I, 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 I'm pretty sure it's just going to be like, kind of like a, just like little tweaks here and there. It's not gonna be like completely different, but it's going to just be like an updated version. So it's not just going to be like an exact re-record. It's going to have like a new flavor. I'm down. Yeah. Maybe try to give it more of a live sound. You know, sometimes people do that where it sounds more realistic of how you would hear it. Yeah. In person. I'm, I'm, I'm curious too, even with like her, her voice that is like matured over the years. And I'm just curious to hear her new takes. Cause obviously, um, J- Jeff, I, I'm sure you've experienced it. You know, you, you record music, you put it out and you, you look back and you're like, damn, if I could re-record those songs, I would, you know, tweak this here and there, you know? Oh dude, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so is she starting with fearless or is she going to the record before it with like the teardrops on my guitar record when she was kind of like country or whatever? I'm pretty sure she's going to go back to that one, but she's starting with fearless. Yeah. Sick. That's very cool. Yeah. It's so sick. She's got like a whole new like merch line dropping tonight. And uh, I'm just so stoked because fearless that that, that's my favorite record. Cause that's like kind of like, in my opinion, like, uh, like golden era. Like that's when she was started to blow up. So I'm for sure. I'm super stoked. Dude, I've, I've had a, I've had multiple people try and give me shit because I have one of those Taylor Swift Earth Crisis rips. Okay, and, and dude, it's one of my it's one of my favorite shirts. Uh, when it was released, I wasn't really into it, but looking back, I'm like, fuck, I kind of wish I would have grabbed one of those because I, I have like this Drake one that some random guy made, which I wear yeah. like a, you know I, I still wear it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty funny, but I, I kind of wish I would have grabbed that Taylor Swift because I have merch from Taylor Swift from every record that she's put out. And I just would have loved to have uh, just a funny, you know, hardcore mashup. That's epic. Yeah, I got a Madonna and Madball font right now. Oh my god, who made that? That's I've never seen that. That's kind of funny. <laughs> you know who? You know who made it? I think it was uh, Toby Morse, like a few years ago. The that H two O guy. Oh, okay. He he's all about Blue Lives Matter and all that stuff, right? 
I don't know. I stopped following him. His his Instagram presence got a little a little punishing, so yeah. I gave him the boot. Yeah, he's, he's, it's a it's a good shirt. shout out to that guy who will never hear this. <laughs> um, you'd be surprised. I don't even know who the fuck that is. He, I know he's gonna fucking DM you. I heard you talking about me, boy. It's all good. He's a singer of a band yeah. called H Two O. They're like, I guess you could say they're probably the first like hardcore centric like pop punk kind of band where they like they have pop punk tendencies for some of their songs but yeah they're cool i like there's h2o records that are really good yeah the, that's undeniable I, I i like that one shirt that they made which i think was like the coolest thing it was uh like passion over fashion i was like okay that's pretty pretty sick yeah I'm more of an aquaman myself <laughs> for sure Okay, uh, sorry to start off with a random Taylor Swift, but I'm always curious. But we're here today to talk some mixed martial arts. So many crazy things have gone on since the last time we were on air. Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin. I, 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 actually, I, I want to start with Corey Sanhagen because we were yeah, all let's. we were all chatting that night after that knockout, and that was super insane. I feel like Corey Sanhagen has a real chance at becoming the champion by the end of the year. Yeah, he stumbled a little bit uh, in his career, uh, got caught by Aljamain Sterling, but you know that happens from time to time. It's not like he got wrecked in that fight. He just happened to get caught in a submission. Um, big deal, yeah. you know, you move on. But the 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 way that he finished Marlon Marais and kind of sent him downhill, and now we watched him fight Frankie Edgar, who's a, a, a legend who I think uh, it's long overdue for him to be in the bandweight division. And I, I'm kind of sad that he's doing it so late in his career because yeah. he was always undersized, even when he was fighting lightweight and then he went to 45 and then eventually now he's all the way down to bandweight. And you're like, dude, why didn't you do this earlier? And it's like, I, I get it. You want to fight at your, uh, you know, natural weight, your walk around weight, but he was just so undersized and it just sucks that he is down here now. And then he runs into Corey Sanhagen and it's just like that matchup was just so wrong, in, in my opinion, because Frankie's definitely a legend, but you know that there was a, a, a skill gap. Because if you look at the, how their fights are going, if, if you compare Corey Sandigan to Frankie Edgar, it's like, you know, way different. And I was just sad because I, I, I didn't see a way for Frankie to win that fight. But the way that the fight went and the way that he got knocked out and went down and he was down for a minute. It was just really sad. It just bummed me out, but I'm just stoked for Corey Sanhagen. And uh, I, I forgot who he was talking to, but he, he said, I'm, you know, it, it sucks to see Frankie go down like that, but better him than me. And I, yeah. I, I totally agree. You know, it, it's, it's a rough sport. And Corey Sanhagen, he's the new blood. And I honestly think if the UFC keeps him busy and gives him the proper fights, he can be champion by the end of 2021. I, I'm inclined to agree with you. So, I actually liked Frankie Edgar's chances going into this fight. And the reason for that, is, there's a couple reasons. Um, reason number one is the way Aljamain Sterling was able to grapple him and submit him so quickly. And Frankie Edgar, you know, he's, he's pretty good on the ground. And when Frankie Edgar fought Yair Rodriguez, he beat the living shit out of Yair Rodriguez, like really bad. And Yair is very flashy with kicks and knees and all kinds of stuff in a way that's not completely similar to Sanhagen because they're like different body styles and stuff. But I thought Frankie had a better chance than people were giving him. What surprised me most about the fight is how quickly Sanhagen got Frankie's timing down. Like the way he timed that knee 
was like, it was not an accident. It was absolutely impeccable. He timed it in a way where Edgar like kind of dipped into it almost like he knew what Edgar was going to do before he did it. So that makes me wonder, did he pick up Edgar's timing through the course of the fight? And he's just a fucking super genius MMA fighter robot who could do that. Or has Frankie Edgar been in the game so long? There's so much tape on him that they were able to watch all the tape, strategize, figure out his tendencies in the way he moves and just train for that exact moment. Now he said it was kind of more of a flash thing. He, he wasn't because he was talking about that. He wanted to actually wrestle and show off that because a lot of people question it because of the Sterling fight. Yeah. He said he had some tools in his arsenal. He's like, I didn't even have to bring him out. He didn't even, he didn't even jump into that. He just jumped straight up. He just saw that t- him coming in. Because that was one of the things when they were interviewing him that he said he was a lot slower than I thought. Like he was like, oh, he's not able to keep up with me. And so he just I think he just saw right away like, oh, well, this is going to be easy. I don't think he expected to knock him out with that. But did you need anyone in the face like that? They're going down. But it it was rough. It was rough to see him stiff, you know, like go into a board. Because whenever anyone gets KO'd like that, he's just kind of like, oh, you don't know what kind of effect that has on you. You could see his toes curl a little bit when it happened. Yeah, I mean, his arm got stiffed into place. I mean, it just looked bad. You know, that's what made it even worse. And for it to happen, like, what was it, like 29 seconds? Yeah, it's like 30 seconds seconds in. Incredible. Yeah, so Sanhagen's a fucking G then. Mm -hmm. If he got his timing down that quick. And the speed difference was so crazy that he was able to land that and know it was going to work. Super impressive. So what do you think if he, if you go, who do you guys think Jan and Sterling between them? Like, who do you think he has a better chance against Jan? I, I, I think his easier fight would be Jan, if I'm being yeah. honest, because Jan, Jan's a good fighter. He had a weird kind of easy path to the title, but I think if you match up, uh, Jan versus uh, Sanhagen. Sanhagen has more tools, and I, I think Lane. he could. Uh, yeah, he has the 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 reach. The you know he'll fight at distance if he has to. I honestly think uh, Jan would be the easier matchup for uh, uh, Sanhagen. Excuse me. Yeah, I I think uh, I think Aljamain Sterling's going to beat Jan. I think his ground game is going to be too much. And he's going to be able to get him down and then do Aljamain Sterling things and beat him. Um, I think Jan. Is definitely the easier fight for Sanhagen, um, mainly due to his length. And I noticed that when when Peter Yan fights and he wins, he'll be losing for most of the round, and then they'll get too close and he'll just land a couple big shots and it changes the entire fight. And I don't think he'll be able to do that to Sanhagen, and I don't think he could do that to Aljamain Sterling either. So I think we're going to see the rematch between Sterling and Sanhagen at some point, And I don't even know how that ends up. I think Sanhagen's the kind of fighter who's going to learn from his mistake. And it's probably going to go a little different. I just hope the UFC doesn't screw up what they have in the bantamweight division. Cause somehow they, they, they managed to get these different divisions and these weird log jams by not putting the right fights together. Cause th- there is talk that, they might give the title shot to TJ Dillashaw, you know, give him the yeah. winner of Jan yeah. versus Sterling. And if they did that, which I wouldn't be surprised if they've done worse stuff in the past, if they did that, that would just screw over Sanhagen 
that would give a title shot to a guy who's been suspended two years for you new know, testing positive for probably like the craziest drugs you could do in MMA. And it, it would just piss me off and it would stall San Higgins career. Cause th- then what San Higgins going to have to fight, uh, the winner of, uh, Jose Aldo, Cody Garbrandt, or like, who's he going to fight? He's going to have to get another opponent. Maybe f- end up having to fight two more fights just to get to the title when he deserves the title shot right now. Yeah. I just really hope the UFC, does Corey Sandhagen right and give him what he deserves next? Yeah, Dillashaw doesn't deserve anything. If anything, he has to prove himself. He had to give him someone like, yeah, at least, I mean, top five. I mean, they, he was the champ. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, he does have the skill set. He's a very good fighter. It's just now he has an asterisk to his name, but you don't give people you know, a gift of a title fight after doing something terrible like that. It's just bad precedence because what was the point? You know who they should yeah. book him against? Do TJ Dillashaw versus Rob Font. That would be, that'd be a fun Let's fight. Go. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Cause uh, Rob... or even Marias, you know, no, 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 no. Going down too. no, um, Marlon's not even top five anymore. So, like as, as much as like I would have loved to see that fight a couple of years ago, it, it's just not the same Marlon Rice, uh, you know, today. So I'd rather see him fight somebody, you know, you know, you mentioned top five, um, somebody Rob Font, who's coming off of an impressive victory over Marlon Rice and, you know, uh, Rob Font's ranked number three. And I, I feel like that'd be a yeah. good, uh, you know, test for Rob Font to see if he actually belongs to- in the top five. And, uh, I, I think it would be a good, like stand up striking battle, and you know, because uh, you know, TJ's TJ can wrestle, but I think he'd want to go in there and try to do something impressive against Rob Font and to see them box and, and strike. I think that would be insane. Yeah, so I'm actually I'm excited to see TJ Dillashaw fight. I feel that you know he served his punishment, he owned it, and I mean, obviously, you don't like cheating in a sport like MMA, and but I mean, he came clean, he did his punishment. I just don't like the idea of him getting a title shot after coming off such a devastating loss. Right. Like to me, it doesn't make sense. And that kind of a layoff, it, it wouldn't make sense at all to jump in front of Sanhagen and get that kind of a shot. Yeah. I, I, I like the Rob Fon idea. I think Sanhagen for sure gets the winner of Aljo and Jan. And then you figure out what you're going to do with TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I, I feel like that's the, the right path because you don't want anybody to, to skip Sanhagen because nobody has done what he has and is, uh, you know, past two fights, two crazy impressive knockouts. And the, the, this guy is definitely, I actually, I think the future of the division, I think it's going to be uh, maybe we could see a trilogy with him and Sterling, depending on how uh, their fight goes, if they end up fighting. But I just hope the UFC does him right and doesn't create a, a random log jam that we don't need because these log gems end up holding the the division for years just to get everything straightened out and the right matchups and get the division flowing. It, it, it's crazy. So I, I just hope they don't do that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of happening in light weight right now too. I mean, it's Dude. such a weird predicament in there. I mean, even now, like even Poirier's more kind of wrangling to maybe get that Diaz fight at 170 rather than, you know, fight Oliveira for the title. It's weird. It's well, such a, uh, a couple reports came out right before we went on air. Uh, Dana White is meeting with Khabib again at the end of the month. Oh, Khabib's yeah. coming out to Las Vegas, and I'm just like, dude, just move on. Like, I'm over yeah, it. yeah, he he's 
and, and he's such a hypocrite because he's like, yeah, like I'm I'm retired, but I won't hold up the division. And now he's literally holding up the division and screwing up everything because you are holding up the the division. You're not sure if you're going to fight again. So they're like, OK, cool. UFC doesn't want to let him go because of how big of a star he is, not only in his country, but worldwide. And, you know, to have somebody with his kind of record and uh, his streak and um, as dominant as he is, like they definitely don't want to just let him go. So they're trying to get him to come back to fight. Right. So now that leaves Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira, two, two fighters that um, should be fighting for the title. But I think the UFC might be a little upset with Oliveira Cause I'm not sure if you guys uh, heard that report that uh, the co-main for the February card uh, uh, for, for this card um, fell out. And they contacted Michael Chandler and they're like, yo, like, would you be willing to fight in February? Like, you know, sh- short notice, but like, we'd really appreciate if you guys, um, if, if you did that and they offered him Charles Oliveira, you know, Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira to kind of um, have them fight to kind of keep the division flowing. Right. Cause Michael Chandler is impressive as his debut was, he wasn't a shoe in for the next title fight. Right. He's just, you know, he coming in and proved himself. So he wanted to stay busy. UFC um, presented him Charles Oliveira. Oliveira turned down the matchup because he was like, yo, I'm not going to fight Michael Chandler on two weeks notice. I haven't been training. This guy's deadly. It doesn't make sense. So for him not doing the UFC that favor, I think they might be like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, you're on the streak, but now you're going to have to kind of get in line and we're going to move things forward without you, which they've done before. Because look at fighters like uh, uh, Neil Magny, who've been on crazy win streaks. Never got a title shot. Uh, look how hard it was for Tyron Woodley to even get his title shot back in the day. So it's like if, if the UFC doesn't like you, you're uh, and you're not good favor with them. Like you're gonna pay for it, which sucks. Yeah, I mean they're even talking about possibly doing Connor versus Poirier for you know the trilogy fight for the title. Well, and like you know you got people like Gaethje saying that he'd stop fighting for the UFC if that happened. Yeah, that that would be so whack. The other oh, report. Yeah, the, the other report that came out before we started recording, uh, Dana White came out and said that Conor McGregor is like super obsessed with getting this trilogy fight with Dustin Poirier, which leads me to believe that, okay, UFC is on board with giving them the trilogy next. And I'm just like, what the hell? This makes no sense. Like, like I get it. Uh, Conor McGregor sells like, you know, crazy tickets. He, he's a good draw. But it makes no sense for the division to run that back right away because, okay, so you're going to hold Dustin Poirier, who's ranked number one. You're going to keep him in place to fight the same guy. And that's going to put them those two back at least a year because you think about they fight. uh, Who knows how if they get hurt or not. Um, Hopefully they could walk away and have a quick turnaround. But chance of that happening isn't, uh, you know, pretty high. And then you got to look at the rest of the division. Now you got Justin Gaethje, Oliveira. They want to come back. Uh, Michael Chandler it's like dude what do you do with these other guys and then, then they're gonna end up making matchups that don't make sense and it, it's so stupid it, it's frustrating yeah that would be number one bullshit if that okay. if that happened personally I'd like to see McGregor versus RDA I okay. think with McGregor yeah, coming history. off a loss that would make sense and with I think RDA got done pretty dirty a few years ago when he was supposed to fight McGregor and he hurt his foot and McGregor was kind of punking him for it and punking him in the press conferences leading up to it. I'd love to see RDA get a chance to take a crack at McGregor after all that. I doubt he's forgotten about it. And I think he's he's mentioned on Twitter. He has. Yeah. He's been, he's mentioned that he wants that fight. So 
it makes sense. I mean, it. Yeah, they have the history. He's like Connor's all saying, "No more, Mister Nice Guy," or whatever. So, I mean, someone like that, he could be mean to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, I feel like that's a big part of his mystique that being the whole nice guy, the Porian show was such a. It's so. I don't know. I don't think it worked out for him. I think he just needs to. You don't have to be as disrespectful as he was during the Khabib thing, but being quippy, being quick, you know, and saying like the you know, the red panty night, you know, all that stuff. That's what you know. It builds character, builds even momentum for the fight. I wouldn't be surprised if he was actually trash talking Poirier. If they would have sold even more, you know. Yeah, I think the if, if you look at the UFC rankings right now, I feel like the the division is laid out perfect and you just make these matchups to keep it, everything flowing in my opinion i think Khabib will come back that the ufc keeps pushing him and meeting with him and having these uh you know uh conversations and keeping him still champion i, I honestly think he's going to come back so what i would like to see happen to try to keep the division rolling and no weird log jams is i would literally like to see Khabib versus dustin too right get, give us that rematch because i think dustin deserves it it would, uh, you know, who knows how playoff probably end up the same way, to be honest. But do uh, Khabib versus Dustin, and then do Gaethje versus Oliveira, you know, right? Two highly ranked, they're not booked. Do Chandler versus Ferguson, do McGregor versus Dos Anjos, Hooker versus Dariush. That's the top 10 right there. Perfect. It's laid out perfect. Everybody is probably where they should be rankings wise. And I feel like, yeah, just match everybody up that way and keep the division going and see how the, the division plays out after those matchups. Because I think things will get shaken up a, a little bit. Who knows? Poirier could surprise us. Could be the first guy to beat Khabib. Or Khabib could beat him and then finally retire 30 and 0. And then boom, he's out of the picture and we can just keep on moving. No more log jams, no more weird stuff. Yeah. Or what happens if. Uh... Poirier chooses to fight Diaz at 170 and they do Oliveira versus Khabib. If Poirier goes up to fight Diaz, okay, cool. Cut him out and then I think uh, do uh, Oliveira versus Khabib and then Chandler's going to have to fight somebody uh, 10 through 15, give him uh, Felder, give him a Kevin Lee and Iaquinta or even give him uh, the highly touted um, Islam Makachev. Yeah, and then keep all the other matchups. So I feel like that's easy. Just like you know, you know, plug him into somebody to the top fifteen. Um, there's a guy in the top fifteen who we haven't heard from in a long time, and um, I think uh, uh, it was Brandon. Uh, uh, shout out to our homie Brandon. Uh, he he texted me. He was like, "Dude, whatever happened to Gregor Gillespie? Do you guys remember him?" Yeah, Kevin Lee happened to him. I know, right? Yeah. That happened in 2019. He got knocked out his first loss of his career. And he was impressive, awesome wrestler, just you know, yeah. uh, grinding through, runs into Kevin Lee, gets knocked out, and then just disappears, which is so weird. And it's crazy that it's been uh, you know since 2019, and the fact that he's still ranked in the top 15 was crazy. Two years, no fighting, like like that's yeah. that's crazy. So I I follow Gregor Gillespie on Instagram actually, okay, and he trains like super hard. Um, I haven't checked on his page in a, in a while, so I don't know if he got hurt or anything or like what's keeping him out. But that dude is in the gym like all the time based off of his social media. So maybe he's ready and the UFC isn't offering him anything or who knows. Yeah, or maybe he would just want to take more time off, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he got cracked pretty decent. I think maybe, that, that maybe he saw a, he needed some like to work on his striking a bit more or, you know, change something. So. 
Yeah. Them, I'd have to look, but that was one of his first losses, right? Uh, that was his only, was loss. only loss. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was undefeated up to that point. But yeah, now there's no news about him fighting anyone anytime soon. So yeah. I don't know. He just went ghost because he, he lost to Kevin Lee, the the dark horse of the, the division. Kevin Lee, freaking that fool broke, <laughs> you know, ripped his, both his knees, man. I wonder how he'll be when he comes back. I know that that's a rough go. Hopefully, uh, he you know took the time and healed properly because, um, and it's probably better that it happened, you know, at the same time versus you know him coming back and then having like yeah, and then pulling it during a fight or something. Yeah, and, how, and how did he, he rip both his knees? I think he's just uh, training, wrestling, training. Oh, yeah. just randomly. It wasn't even in a fight or anything. He just hurt himself while training. That mm. sucks. Yeah, Kevin Lee's good. Yeah, I, I'm a fan. I, I I like his his personality and uh, the way he uh, presents himself off air. He's, he, he's been on Joe Rogan a couple times, and I I definitely enjoy those episodes with him on it. Yeah, I I like his personality more so. Like within the past couple of years, I got kind of irritated with his personality leading up to the Chiesa fight because I oh, felt yeah. like he was aping Conor McGregor pretty bad. Like mm-hmm. even like wearing the same kind of clothes and like trying to go that route and I felt a little unnatural but after that I he kind of he kind of dropped that a little bit and you know it started to act more real and I like that better okay before we move on to the reason why we're here tonight I can't uh move on without giving props to Alexander Volkov he derailed this uh run that Alistair Overeem was on which completely bummed me out because I'm a huge fan of Overeem but you got to give respect to uh, Volkov's striking he looked like a, a a beast out there and the way that he bulked up and he just looks huge um you know yeah. and especially for you know the heavyweight he just looked awesome and it was uh, uh Daniel Cormier who said the way to beat Volkov is you got to take him down if you're not able to take him down you're not going to win a striking fight with him so I, I just want to give props and uh, hear your guys' thoughts on his performance because he just destroyed Alistair Overeem. The way Overeem was like when he was um, sitting on the ground and his face was just bloodied up. I was like, oh, that's so sad. I don't know what uh, like he did like a weird. I mean, Overeem kind of had like that weird style that he kept like you know shelling up, kept like just kind of like instead of maybe trying to dodge or you know keep him at distance. He kind of was just trying to block those hits and like, I don't know. It was weird. He kept turtling up. They even kind of pointed it out during the fight, you know, mm-hmm. like it was like, it's so weird, but I kind of feel like that was his worst performance to date. Like he was doing pretty well. Like he's been having some great, like a good resurgence and it, yeah, Volkov just completely tore through him. That was a masterful, just punching around his, you know, guard and just, that was it. That's all I wrote. It was just one-sided. Yeah. I think with the turtling, I think he got hurt early. And yeah. it was by something almost inconsequential, but he felt it. And I don't want to say he was, like, over it, but I think he immediately oh, – I don't want to say over-respected Volkov striking, but, you know, he noticed it for sure. And I don't know. I would have liked to have seen him try and wrestle. I think Overeem's got a yeah, somewhat round game, but got his ass beat pretty bad. Yeah, are we going to see him again? Because I thought this was his last go at it. 
he, this is last retiring last run to get to the title so i think yeah uh, he, he he said he's still gonna fight but uh his like title aspirations i, I think are pretty done because if, if you look at the rest of the, the division for him to work his way back up it's gonna be pretty pretty tough yeah and stipe if he wins again who knows because he only usually fights once a year yeah as well so it's kind of one of those things if stipe beats francis you know it's going to be quite a delay till someone fights for the belt again if francis wins might might speed up some things a little bit you know he might get that opportunity but i don't know francis destroyed over him anyway so i don't think he would get that rematch either yeah that was nasty that was a pez dispenser getting freaking bopped open get a piece of candy We'll work our way to Francis Ngannou because I have some things that I want to say about him. But uh, this Saturday, UFC 258, we have the welterweight title on the line, which I'm stoked just to see this division uh, have some movement. We got uh, Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns, which uh, should be a pretty entertaining fight because if you look at uh, Gilbert, he is super active, so it's not going to be some you know weird, boring fight and. Car, uh, excuse me, Kamara Usman. We've seen him, uh, you know, against Colby Covington and the way that he can go when he steps on the gas and, you know, yeah. keep that pace for five rounds. I'm really excited for this title fight. And it's a fresh matchup. I'm super stoked on that, too. No more weird rematches yeah. or anything like that. It's a fresh matchup and a super awesome title fight. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, too, because, I mean, they're both very familiar with each other. They both were from the same gym. You know, that's a lot to consider because uh, Gilbert Burns, you know, they say they're pretty equal in terms of performance. Actually, Kamaru says the same. And uh, but Bill- Burns is pretty confident he's going to submit him, you know, because actually I think in terms of skills, that's probably one thing that Burns does have a superiority to. But uh, I think Usman would probably be the better striker out of the two. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm I'm actually picking Usman to win this fight. I think it's going to be a very entertaining fight. Um, I think something that I haven't heard a lot of people mention, I mean, you've heard the change of camps get mentioned, right? Like in the lead up, but he's, he's training with Trevor Whitman and Justin Gaethje. So yeah. that makes me wonder if he's drilled any of his wrestling because I think his ability to defensively wrestle against a guy like Burns will be really important in terms of not getting submitted. Um, Conversely, I think with who he's training with, we might see way more improved striking. And I'm very excited to see how it plays out. Uh, If you have been keeping up with the, um, the, the embedded wow well, i had to like search my brain for that one um if, if you watch the uc embedded you um realize that uh this is kamara usman's uh second training camp in a row with trevor whitman out there um, with team elevation and he also brought out uh eddie alvarez to to train because you know um, they used to train together over there at sanford mma and then he also brought his uh, coach, uh, uh, George Santiago, um, you know, who's the fighting the UFC, awesome, uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist. So um, I, I think he's going to be well-prepared. I'm also picking Kamaru Usman to, to, to win this fight because I, I think as talented as Gilbert Burns is, I just feel like Kamaru Usman's uh, striking, the way he's able to fight at range, and his um, amazing wrestling is just going to be able to trump everything that Gilbert has. Yeah, 
I, I, I agree with that. You know, what's funny about embeddeds is I wait until the last day and I watch them all in a row. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of a weirdo like that. No, no, no. I, I, I don't watch them consistently. Um, like when, when the, like, I don't like to watch the first episode when it drops because I know that I'll want more. So I think I'll wait like, yeah. you know, at least three in. So then I'll watch one, two, three, and then maybe yeah. I'll, I'll, um, watch them as they drop from there or I'll wait till like, you know, the Friday before and then just catch up. So I, I, I totally get it. I, I like to wait as well because I like to have the, the content there versus having to, to wait because it's not long enough, you know, because it, it, it's awesome that we get to see that, that behind the scenes footage and uh, the stuff leading up to it. But getting these like 10 minute chunks, I'm like, no, like just do a little more, please. Yeah, I thought, I I thought what, oh, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Well, I was just going to say, I think Gilbert's going to win. I'm going to go in. Really? Mission, second round. Okay. You think he takes him down? No, I think he's going to pull guard. I think he's going to let him take him down. Interesting. Okay. And I think he's going to submit it because that's what you're saying. He's like, we, he knows. I know that. That's why, because <laughs> a big question is that you think he's going to wrestle with you. He's like, yeah, I think we're going to, I know exactly what he does. Because the big thing with Burns is saying that all of his ex, all of Usman's ex coaches are now all his coaches. And so all the people that he trains with have been people that trained with Usman his, throughout his career. And so oh, they are yeah. telling him exactly what skills and things that he's really good at. And there's some tendencies. Just like DC said, that you just can't change. Like there's a weakness that DC had that you know he knew that 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 Jones capitalized on. And he just couldn't fix it. Same with you know Stepe going to the body. There's some things where people pick up with you when, especially with them day to day, that I think might benefit Burns quite a bit. But I th- honestly think it's just going to be his jujitsu skills that are going to take him all the way. That that's a super good point, and I absolutely did not think of that. All right. But then, if they're, if they're but Usman's together, really good. I mean, that's the thing about it's a pretty evenly matched fight. I think Usman yeah. does definitely have a lot of will, a lot of confidence, yeah. and that goes a long way. So it really does. Usman, Usman is super tactical, right? So yeah. if he knows that Burns can get the better of him via jujitsu, one would think he's going to try and keep it standing. No. Yeah, he's going to probably do what he did with Masvidal and hold him against the cage and really try to pressure him and tire him out that way. But Gilbert also, Burns doesn't seem to get tired, though. I don't know. If that's the thing. Is if Usman gets tired, Burns might not, you know? So it's kind of a lot of factors to consider, but it's an interesting matchup. It's really it's kind of, I think, going to be more of a sleeper hit. I don't think a lot of people are expecting a lot out of this card, you know, unfortunately. Just because of like how Usman is, like he's not drawing really big numbers, but he's a he's a great fighter, you know. He he's he's very good. Um, I don't know anyone else at welterweight that would have much of a chance in beating him, unless like Colby Covington gets another shot because that was a pretty close fight. Um, I don't know. I think if Leon he wins this fight, he's going to last for. Yeah, but do you think Leon Edwards got that much better after taking the L already? No. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is, who what's Usman going to do? He's going to go up fight. Oh, he, he said he wouldn't fight Israel. I think he's just going to keep fighting. Who's in line? Maybe he might give Masvidal a second shot. Dude, maybe he did take him okay. two weeks' notice. You guys are disrespecting my boy Michael Chiesa. He's the dark horse. My, uh, Michael yeah. Chiesa is not disrespecting him. Michael Chiesa is the guy. He's he's gonna work his way up. He called out Colby. 
this is what I think should happen now that uh, uh, you know Nate uh, hit us up and let us know that Kamzat's uh, out of his fight. They should do Masvidal, uh, Edwards, get that rivalry yeah. settled. Do Covington versus Kiesa, and that opens the pathway to Kiesa to get the title shot. He beats Covington. And then he could either fight the winner of Edwards Masvidal and then fight for the title, or I think honestly, even after beating um, Covington, go straight to the title shot. He'll get the winner of Burns Usman. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah. So so that, that's don't say this. Just don't talk knows. about. Uh, there's nobody for him. Uh, he's just gonna keep fighting. Yeah. Who's next? It's Michael Chiesa. You, you better the Maverick. Michael Chiesa in this and just tell this, him that this like, is the fighting for him. This is for Spokane, Washington. This is the Maverick. Don't disrespect him. He he's earned it. He coming up from lightweight. He's a beast. Look what he did to to Magni. It's dude. He, he's. He, he's gonna get he's there. definitely improved quite a lot dude like tell me he's amazing man he's in his natural weight class he's dude, definitely he's big now think about dude, yeah. this guy used to fight a lightweight which is insane you look you look at his frame now and the way that he's like you know put on the weight and then looks way more healthy oh god i'm telling you michael kiss is gonna be the guy because dude he beats steven thompson he, like if, if he fought thompson beat him no problem he beats masvidal that might be a uh uh, you know, obviously they fought before, but that'd be a, a tough fight because, um, you know, I, I feel like Masvidal matches well against Kiesa, but I think Kiesa could get him at this weight class. And I, I think he beats uh, Covington. Uh, he beats Edwards. Um, and then his real challenge is honestly going to be uh, Burns or Usman, like the the top tier of the of the division. I, I think I honestly think Kiesa is that good. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, hopefully they start announcing some more matchups. I'm glad. A different matchup. I'm glad that Reyes versus uh, Jerry's got rebooked, but it's not till May. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm May. so. I, I'm. I'm so worried because I'm a huge Dominic Reyes fan. I. I honestly think he beat John Jones, but just the way that he's performed afterwards, like I don't think we saw the same Dominic Reyes when he fought uh, Jan uh, Blakovich. Because uh, wow. he, he just he looked like caps. He, he he just looked really know. hesitant yeah. out there and just didn't look the same. Didn't look very active. So um, you know, uh, props to you know uh, uh for you know the yeah. the, the champ uh, getting getting that W knocking out uh, Reyes. But it's just like yeah, like I don't think that was the same fighter. So maybe yeah, the switching of camps had a, like a, an effect on him. Maybe he just wasn't used to it or maybe he had an injury. Who knows? I, I just want to see him come back and get back to what he used to look like. Cause for him to have that run to the title and then have these performances afterwards, it's just, it's just like mind blowing and weird and kind of sad. And I, I just don't want to see him go out like that. Cause it's like, we've seen how talented um, he is. Do you think Israel would have went up the fight the, for the belt? If gray would have won, like let's say he looked like how he did against Jones. hundred percent. I, I think, uh, Izzy's on this crazy trajectory and he's going to try to really fight Jones. Uh, there's a picture that just got uploaded um, the other day of Izzy and him looking yoked, dude. It's insane because they're his coach was talking about that. They're not putting on mass to to fight at light heavyweight, that they're just going to fight at its natural weight. But, dude, he looks yeah. he looks buff. It's insane. Yeah, well, he does have to, like, you know, cut like, I mean, he could keep training and keep you know building that endurance but he doesn't have to put on mass but he doesn't have to cut the water so he's just going to be you know really fresh i uh i also heard that he's been training a lot of bjj lately and i think he might be a blue belt already Mm -hmm. and that he's been getting very 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 good at it so i personally 
I think he's going to roll through uh, Blahovich. I think he's going to beat him the same way he's beaten everybody else, and I can't wait to see what happens after. You see, Woodley was talking trash about Israel about that, saying that the only reason why he went up to 205 was because John left. <laughs> Woodley that's why it kind of made me ask if, if Reyes would have won, if he would have still went up, if he would have seen that as an easy fight. Because I think a lot of people are just, you know, underselling uh, Jan, you know, and his power. I think I feel well, like it's a sure bet for Israel. So, I mean, that's one thing. If Jan can actually knock him out, God, that would derail so much. <laughs> It would and, be insane. You know, you know what's interesting too is Jan Blahovic, he he was a middleweight at one point, I think. Mm-hmm. I think he he yeah. had a fighter to a middleweight, so it's not that big of a stretch for Adesanya to jump up and fight him. Honestly. Yeah, yeah but we look at uh, Luke Rockhold, who kind of felt the same way. It, it didn't go so well wow. for him. And and that bummed me out too, because I, I felt like Rockhold uh, could have put in some work at 205, but he, he yeah. just I think, I think he he came back a little too early from from an injury. And just got wrecked, and he kind of was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna continue being a model and <laughs> just not get my face punched in anymore. Yeah, it might as well. You can make I think money. Michael Bisbee may have ruined his life a little bit. Shout out to Michael Bisbee, the count. Oh yeah, dude. I, I I'm I'm dreaming of the day that I run into him out here because he he lives in Newport. So, oh, so I'm sure at some point uh, him and I are going to cross paths and I just I, I literally just want to shake his hand and tell him I'm like yo that Anderson Silva fight was insane I'll never forget where I was at the, like you know the time of the fight I was at like I was doing like a staycation with some friends we had like this crazy like um, villa out in like Newport and I was yeah. poolside to just living the life out here in Orange County and I remember the the end of the the second round when he got dropped with that knee and you thought the fight was over. Yeah. After the, after the whistle blew. Yeah. And yeah. I put my phone down and I was re- getting ready to just jump in the pool and start, you know, I'm um, socializing with uh, my friends. Uh, but then I realized that the fight wasn't over. It was going to keep going. I'm like, Oh shit. It, it, it's, it's not done. And then just to see him come back after taking that kind of shot from Anderson Silva, it's like, Oh dude, this guy's, this guy's a legend. Shout out Michael Bisman. <laughs> We're going to get him on the podcast. Oh man, I would love to talk to him. He and dude, I, and I love his personality as well because I'm uh, he, yeah, absolutely. He, he's we, awesome. we know like uh, we know people who are familiar with Cub and him and Cub own the gym together. Yeah, co-owners. So, I mean, it's not not impossible. True. We we gotta um, reach out and maybe make it happen. Wait, oh, but, even Cub, I'd be happy to have Cub on too. He's a great fighter, great you know representative. And Cub's not gonna want to talk to you. Maybe. Cub's not going to want to talk to you after after that night. You guys probably won't even remember me. It'd be funny to bring up, though. Oh, man. He's going to get all pissed off and just end, end the, hey, the podcast. No, uh, yeah, but, but I would love to talk to Cub, too, just, just to pick his brain and to you know hear about his come up because he's uh, like an inspiration and to see somebody come up from where we're from, Nate. It's, it's always cool to have that uh, you know representation, yeah. especially on like a uh, like worldwide you know, level. Yeah, you've been able to talk to him about hey, you training at True a little bit too, you know. And man, man, how much that influenced too, just to talk, you know, in general, like how he feels about the area. No, yeah, we could reach out and see see what's what, what's popping because I I know he 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 wants another fight. He he was uh, yeah. you know, banging that drum. He wants to stay active. So uh, yeah, he's been posting a lot of uh, like him like in the gym, going like I'm ready, you know. Mm-hmm. So hey, could be could be in the horizon. Maybe had something in mind already. Who knows? Um, so uh, I guess we'll go downwards since we started at the top. Yeah. Uh, 
Women's flyweight. Women's flyweight. I, I'm high on Alexa Grasso right now. She's, uh, you know, representing uh, Guadalajara. That's where my dad's from. So it's, it's, it's always cool to, to to see that. But she's fighting uh, you know, really talented Macy Barber, who you know yeah. had, had a rough go against Roxanne Mataferi. But I, I feel like this is going to be. Uh, a fun fight, probably not the best uh, co-main uh, TBH because, and I, I hate that I do this, but I look at uh, these two women, and yeah, they're talented. I'm I'm picking Alexa Grasso to win this fight, but when I look at them, I always uh, picture how they would match up against the current champion. And for their division, I'm just like, okay, they're the women's flyweight, the champs, Valentina Shevchenko. I don't think they. They could last with Valentina. Valentina mops the floor with both of them. So I'm kind of like, all right, cool. Women are talented, but uh, good luck because there's no way you're touching the champ. The champ's just too good versus um, Macy Barber or and I know it's early for Macy Barber. She's, uh, you know, had this like fantastic uh, come up. She's still young. She still has a chance to develop. Um, But I just don't see them putting any kind of chink in Valentina's armor. She's just way too talented. I see Alexa wrestling Macy. Like kind of like how Roxanne was able to kind of control her. Mm-hmm. I got to see the same thing. I mean, it kind of just showed. Unless Macy has made very large improvements since then, I think Alexa is going to win this too. Probably a decision, if not maybe a real naked choke. I I think Macy Barber, had she not hurt her knee in that fight, would have just rolled through Roxanne Matafari. Um, I think this fight is largely dependent on how she recovered from that injury. But I see it going the same way you guys see it. I got uh, yeah. Grasso by a TKO, if I'm being honest. I think she's going to use her boxing. Hmm. As decision, or if not, it's going to be rear naked round two. Okay. Well, that was the co-main. should should be pretty fun, but I feel like I'm a little more invested in this next fight, Kelvin Gastelum <laughs> versus um, Ian Heinch. And uh, yeah, and obviously, Jeff, I, I know you have a connection to uh, Kevin Gastelum, but um, he's now training out here in Orange County. He's trained at, uh, in Huntington Beach at King's MMA. So I always am biased and root for fighters that train in Orange County. So I'm yeah. definitely rooting for Kevin, Kelvin Gastelum. He's, uh, you know, on a three fight skid, man, which sucks because if, if you look at his performance against Israel, probably given yeah. Israel his toughest fight to date. But then it's just like he lost a split to Darren Till, which um, you know was a rough go, and then uh, got uh, heel hooked by uh, Jack Hermanson. It's like, damn, like this guy, Kelvin Gaston, which I, I, I swear, if he just went down to welterweight, he, he could put in some serious work. But obviously, the, he doesn't want to do the weight cut. But uh, you know, so he went up to middleweight. But it's just like, yeah, he's he's had a rough go, and I, I just hope he can get that W because UFC is making these cuts, and I don't want to see him go. If I'm being honest. Yeah, honestly, I think if he loses one more, you might be going to a different organization, PFL, Bellator, one of them, you know. But I, uh, honestly, I think this, I think Gaslam wins this myself, even like just looking at it. Like, I like Ian's had some great performances, but I think Kelvin's going to really wrestle, you know, and really try to just control Ian. And I think, hope, you know, I'm, I'm thinking decision, to be honest, for Kelvin. But hey, if he can really put a stamp on this and really show why he deserves to still be in this organization, I'm all for it. I think even if he wasn't on like a three fight skid and the UFC was making cuts and stuff, he would still like he has to beat this guy. 
right? Yeah. Like, I, I think he's going to win. Um, I think it's going to be decisive, and I'm excited for it. Yeah. I like watching Kelvin Gastelum fight. I think it's going to be awesome. I, I want to see him use his his boxing. Yeah. I, yeah. Because remember uh, what he did to Bisping? You, you never hear that get brought up that much. Even yo, though Bisping yeah. was like, yo, Bisping should not have been in that fight. Yeah, he's a little that compromised. Because yeah. okay, Bisping w- was fresh off of uh, getting beat yeah. by. Uh, was it uh, GSP or Rockhold? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. GSP. Okay, yeah. Bisping's last fight ever was Gaslam. Yeah, so fresh off losing, flies to China because obviously uh, he wants to erase that L and just kind of get back in the the, the the win column. It's just like, no, Bisping, don't don't fly to China to fight this beast of a guy, Kelvin Gaslam. Take some time off, recover, and then maybe come back. But it's like, no, he wanted to get right back in there and got With wrecked. one eye at that point. Yeah, fucking... Yeah. Uh, because of Vitor Belfort and his damn drugs, I hate Vitor Belfort. Dude, same. Fuck Vitor Belfort, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, he's all. You see them like because he's like having that resurgence because he's still like Vitor is gonna fight again. And man, he's looking ripped. <laughs> they they don't test outside of the UFC. They don't do you saw that like that. Yeah, it's terrible. That's the thing, man. Uh, you got to give props to UFC for that. Like the USADA. I mean, I know they have their kinks and like you know some issues with it, but it. It's the cleanest like testing they have, like in comparison to everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, I think Usada has done a lot of people like extremely dirty. Like a lot of it's kind of well documented or whatever. Like yeah. the T- Tom Lawler guy is a good uh, example. Tim you know, Means, yes, but yeah, it's rough. Go. I I feel like they've done like, a lot of good and also a lot of bad because there there are some people who've uh, gotten their careers taken away off of uh, their mistakes uh, not um their I'm, I was thinking about USADA's mistakes so yeah. it, it, and it's obviously like a new protocol and um uh, we got to figure it out but it's just like yeah it, it's uh it's it's been good and bad so there's um there was a fighter I think it was a female fighter that was prescribed a medication from a doctor because she was sick and needed it and didn't cross-reference it to see if it was on the USADA banned list and yeah. she took it and now she's like suspended for a year. Yeah, that's I true. Think, I, I can't remember who it is, but yeah, that's, that, feel, that feels it. pretty excessive. Yeah, it's, it, it's rough, but also you got to just do it like Mighty Mouse. Dude, can you believe uh, Demetrius Johnson? He doesn't take any supplements, nothing. It's all just all natural. That fool's crazy. Like, like not even protein? No, nothing. Jesus, what a stud. That's yeah, crazy. And that's him just yeah. not wanting to risk that. Is he, he's going to that extreme where he just takes nothing. I wish he never would have left the UFC. I wish he would have stayed. I wish he would have gotten paid more, that he would have gotten more respect, and that he could have run it back with Cejudo. See, it, it, it's one of those things where the, the UFC – uh, they they tried to, to to market this guy right. They they would put him on those uh, big Fox cards to try to build him up so that they could put him on pay per view. And just for some reason, he just didn't stick with the casuals. I think that was a problem because all obviously like hardcore fans like us, we know uh, how amazing of a fighter he is, what kind of skills he has, and how legendary he is. But yeah. for the general audience, they just weren't sticking. And I I, I get it, you know, uh, not. Uh, the, the casual fans nobody wants to see these smaller guys fight people don't really respect the smaller guys for whatever reason which is so stupid but uh, uh i 
I, I credit the UC for trying because they did try to push him and make him into a star, but uh, it just wasn't happening. Uh, so I get why uh, they're open to that trade because they, they they wanted to try to refresh. And uh, well, they obviously wanted to close the division, but when they let the fighters play out and then they come out with this new star, Henry Cejudo, and there's new life in the, the division, they're like, okay, we can play with it. Like the, the issue was our champion. He was kind of holding up and making this division seem boring when in all reality, he was just that good and making everybody look amateur until yeah. he ran into Cejudo. Which that was a really competitive fight. It wasn't one sided. I I would have loved to see the trilogy, but but it just sucks that we're we're never going to see it because uh, 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 Mighty Mouse has said he he's never going back to the UFC. I respect yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, get paid well. I mean, Japan. You know, Japanese audience is totally different. You know, that Asian market out there is kind of more respectful and more honoring of like a miss like a mma mixed martial artist like himself and you know i think he kind of embraces that kind of style more it like cejudo actually kind of took off with the casuals just because of you know his cringe yeah. kind of style mm -hmm. and i mean and i feel like you know he, he says that he saved the division he definitely did you know he definitely brought it back especially with that whole thing with uh tj dillashaw really set that off to over the top and look at where you know what he was able to accomplish yeah, I wish he would have kept fighting. I hope he. I kind of hate that he retired all of a sudden, but and he's still kind of wrangling to get like an immediate title shot against you know like uh, Volkanovski and things like that. But it's like, dude, you retired. <laughs> you should have angled for it before. Well, he he left because of money issues. He 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 didn't feel like he was getting paid properly, which I I I'm totally uh you know fine with. Because if you look at people like Conor McGregor, you know they're they're seeing these M's in their paychecks. When you look at somebody like Henry Cejudo, who's just as talented, uh, you know, a two weight uh, champ, he's champ champ, uh, bringing all these eyes and bringing popularity back to these smaller divisions. Uh, something like that deserves to get paid way more yeah. than, than he was getting. So I I, I can see why um, he would want to leave because obviously he didn't need to to do fighting to to keep a living so he was like all right cool like i don't need to do this i can still make money other ways like i'm out uh, and i i can totally respect that because he sees his true worth versus all right i'm just gonna keep fighting and hopefully i, I get a bump in pay he's like no fuck you guys i i know my worth you guys don't want to um, match it i'm gone figure it out yeah so uh Back to the car. Next middleweight. Next middleweight. Boy. Shout out to Julian Marquez. Uh, Jeff, uh, Nate, and I were, were talking a little before the podcast. Um, uh, last time I had. Uh, so Julian Marquez is the brother of Antonio Marquez from Spine. And I was talking to Antonio and uh, he is a huge fan of MMA. And obviously his brother fights for the UFC. And we were talking about having them come on the podcast because they listen to what we do. And we we're floating out the idea. Uh, Antonio's like, hey, like, how about I just bring on my brother? He's a UFC fighter. It'd be cool for the podcast. I'm like, dude, let's totally do it. I, I know Nate and Jeff would be down to talk to your brother and talk to you. And we're all fans of MMA. Uh, so th that's something that they want to do in the future. I know Nate's open to it. So, Jeff, if you're down, maybe we can get that, uh, you know, in the books. <laughs> Jeff's face is like, get it. that's a yeah. That would be so cool. Yeah, yeah, and and Antonio is a great guy. I've heard, uh, you know, Julian on uh, MMA Junkie. Um, he seems like he has a really great personality. I've uh, you know seen his fights, and I'm stoked that he's finally getting back to the UFC because I think he's been out for like two years. He, he had an injury, yeah, two and a half years. Yeah, uh, two and a half years. He, he had a, a, I think it was a shoulder injury, recovered, and then he had a fight booked, but then the opponent pulled out. 
and then he was just like you know left in limbo but now he's finally coming back he's fighting uh, maki patolo which is going to be a, a fun matchup and i, I hope that um, we're able to see uh you know finally julian marquez come back and uh shine and have a great performance yeah i mean he uh it was in the contender series right and they kicked the guy in the face as he was getting up mm-hmm. you know like he was fully up it wasn't like he was grounded and he just see the guy flop it actually made dana white like freak out like oh like it was like one of the nastiest KOs he's seen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it'd be hopefully he brings that kind of style to this matchup and just really brings it to him, like shows that he deserves to be in there. And yeah, look forward to, you know, possibly talking with him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I am wicked excited for that fight then i didn't realize he had a, a connection to the core like that that's cool mm-hmm. yeah no uh it, it's weird yeah because uh, obviously we know uh khalil roundtree uh you know he's into our subculture and then yeah and then now julian marquez uh you know he, he he's definitely a hardcore dude knows the music his brother's and some amazing bands so yeah it, it's super cool and I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to being able to get that scheduled and you know have uh you know uh, an actual professional fighter on the podcast for the first time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that would be incredible. Okay. The if next you're listening, do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ant- Antonio, I'm, I'm going to hit you up. Um, but the first fight on the main card, it's a awesome lightweight fight. Bobby King green versus Jim Miller. I'm a huge fan of Bobby green. Uh, maybe because he's from Southern California, you know, uh, born in Fontana trains in Riverside. So I'm, I'm a little, uh, you know, biased on, on that front. But I'm a huge fan of Bobby Green. He had, uh, you know, a pretty good run uh, over the you know course of uh, 2020. Uh, uh, last his uh, loss, or excuse me, lost his last fight. But I'm stoked to see him come back. And I, I think this matchup against Jim Miller is going to be a really good test for him because Jim Miller's a vet, has a crazy experience in the UFC, and uh, even though they're both coming off losses, I, I still feel like uh, Jim Miller still is a threat. Yeah, he's a tough guy. I mean, a lot of a lot of punishment. <laughs> you know, like he's able to take quite a lot of hits. And uh hey man, I mean, right before that he had a submission win, you know, arm bar. So it's not like it's not like he's like just been losing and losing, you know, he's been a very consistent but yeah, he's trying to get the forty matches in the UFC. So I mean that's crazy just all in itself. Someone who's been that consistent into it, you know, I'm just and it's going to be a good matchup because Bobby Green, he's a very vocal, very, he's very into MMA. I, I like when fighters are actually fans as well because you always see him tweet or like say things about like what's going on mm-hmm. in the community. But yeah, it'd be interesting. And it, it, we brought it up before. He was, uh, Bobby Green was in a bully boot, uh, beatdown too. Like you had an appearance in that. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. But yeah. It's a, it's a good, good matchup, good way to start the pay per view. And, you know, it's kind of like people that I think they're really trying to push Bobby Green in this fight. So I think it, he'll probably win by decision. And, I'm pulling Bobby Green. And I think the loser of this fight also could be on the chopping block because uh, both these guys have been around for a minute and they're not. Uh, well, Jim Miller's kind of uh, hasn't been super consistent. So I, I think if uh, he loses or even if Bobby Green loses, uh, there's a chance that they could get cut, which sucks because yeah. I uh, think these guys are both talented. want to see them stay in the UFC, but uh, obviously they're trying to make these cuts and try to get the rosters trimmed down. And I, I feel like these two could be on that list. 
Yeah, man, it's crazy how much the Contender Series really fed into, you know, how much new talent came into the UFC. Mm-hmm. And it, it's starting to get to the point where you have these um, veterans or, you know, contenders that have been, you know, kind of in the same place in their career for, you know, ups and downs. Now it's kind of more, what are you going to prove to yourself or prove to the company that, you, you know, what your worth is? And it kind of sucks to see it like that, but... It's an unfortunate part of the game, the fight business. Yeah. Moving down to the prelims, uh, there's a pretty interesting middleweight fight that Rodolfo Vieira, he's a crazy uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He's a 7-0, and trains over uh, Fusion XL. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's where uh, like Jacare trains out there in Florida. Uh, he's a 7-0, and and they're putting him up against... Anthony Hernandez, who is coming off of a loss, last loss to Kevin Holland. Yeah, uh, Kevin they, Holland's on the tear, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to push Rodolfo on this. Oh yeah, to for, for somebody to have a, a perfect record, that's very attractive. And uh, this guy's like a super talented jujitsu artist, and uh, he's won uh, uh, six of seven by submission. So yeah, uh, so that's probably might be the outcome of this fight. And I think that's why they put it on the, you know, the main, they want to see like an impressive submission to kind of cap off the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm definitely interested in seeing how he performs because obviously I'm, I'm a fan of uh, jujitsu and I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of work this guy can continue to put in. Cause I'm you know, a huge fan of uh, fighters like Damian Maya, Jacare Souza, these like super talented yeah. jujitsu artists who are able to come into MMA and, you know, make some waves. And then uh, welterweight right below that, we got uh, Diego Lima, then uh, Bella and Muhammad. Yo, I think this might be like the highlight of the prelims. Yeah, it's a really good matchup yeah, for those guys. I mean, Diego Lima's, you know, brother in Bellator. To, yeah, fantastic. Brother like Sid. one of the best fighters outside of the UFC, 100%. I think, he, I think he might be like the second best fighter outside, or maybe third. Let's go, because he just l- last lost to... Um, gay guard Musasi, who I think is the yeah. second best. So I would go uh, uh, Mighty Mouse, Musasi, and then Lima. Yeah. Um, but both these fighters are on win, win streaks, which uh, is is awesome to see. They're on this crazy yeah. trajectory and trying to fight their way up in the the division. Uh, I, I think Bilal Muhammad is uh, talented. He, he's a great striker. His uh, great cardio, but. I'm leaning towards Lima because I'm a huge fan of the Lima brothers and I like uh, Diego's skill set better. And I, I'm, I'm just curious. I, I think this has come down to who can uh, keep the the pace and who has the better cardio, if I'm being honest. I have a Diego Lima via decision. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, this one's a good matchup. I mean, it's I like when people are, you know, kind of building up towards something rather than, you know, setting someone up for all you, you know, kind of like the matchup we talked about right before this one. Mm-hmm. So these both, they both have something to prove. They both have something that they're working towards Diego Lima. I mean, he obviously comes from a really good background. Bella Muhammad's very good fighter as well, but I, I've always kind of liked, cause I watched the, he was in tough, right? Diego Lima. Mm-hmm. Like that's why he came from the ultimate fighter. And I'm over watching that season. And I got just think he was a cool guy. Really, you know, interesting. And he's very, I mean, he has a lot to prove, and I think he's been getting better more and more. I think he's been 
showing the more growth out of the two. So I'm going to lean towards Diego Lima, and I'd probably say decision. It's uh, funny that, that you mentioned tough because uh, I stumbled across this uh, YouTube page and uh, I'm, I'm looking. OK, so it's this YouTube page called uh, Larone, L-A-R-O-N-E. And mm -hmm. they uh, do uh, they, they, they break down uh, every tough season by like best moments. And it, it's a okay. good, good uh, refresher to just be able to watch the, the best parts of the whole season. And like they'll they'll show you from like the, the very beginning all the way to when the um, tough fighters actually fight. And sometimes they'll show the, the coaches fight. I mean, it's just like yeah. quick, quick highlights of the fights. But it's just so fun to be able to go back and watch uh all these seasons of tough but just all the good moments and not have to sift through every single episode on, on yeah on fight yeah. pass so i highly suggest uh you go to this youtube page and they even do like big fights too like uh they did like the lead up to uh poirier mcgregor 2 uh uh cruise uh dillashaw and oh, it, yeah. it's just seriously it's, it's one of my new favorite youtube pages so um definitely go look at i'll, I'll send you guys a link to make it easier for yeah, you yeah please um, yeah. but it, it, it's called uh yeah just i, I don't know who it is. so the coach of the year it, uh it's this person oh. uh, sorry yeah that, that was me going to, to the youtube page but yeah it's this page called lebron and it's, it's, it's fucking awesome so I, i'm gonna send that to to the group chat right now so you guys can check that out but uh nice yeah so i've I, been i've been watching a lot of those mma on point countdowns like the top 10 Mm -hmm. list that oh, they have yeah. have you guys seen those yeah with uh, yeah, tommy to hold right? tommy yeah 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 those are outstanding yeah i they're pretty good you know like it's kind of like those top 10 you know just quick one of those things you want to just watch to waste time but it's like interesting you know because it's kind of like oh yeah i forgot how good that fight was or how yeah. good the KO that was it's like a good refresher as well and it's quick absolutely mm -hmm. okay so the last fight i, I want to talk about on uh, UFC 258 is an uh, awesome featherweight fight. Um, Ricky uh, Simone versus Brian Kelleher, which uh, yeah, both these Brian's fighters on a tear too. He's doing really well. Both these fighters are coming off wins, and I think this is going to be an like an awesome matchup. But especially for it being on the early prelims, I, I think this fight could have easily been on the main card. But I I'm definitely looking forward to seeing these fighters uh, get in there. Yeah, I I really wish this would have been on the main card. Cause I think both those fighters could really use that kind of attention, but I guess I kind of understand why they would headline the early, the early prelims with it, because they know it's going to be exciting and there's a good chance that there's a lot of people will watch it because of that fight. But I absolutely think that that could have been on the main card for sure. And I think it's going to be a straight up barn burner of a fight. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, and, and for me, I, I find it interesting to see Ricky Simone go up in weight because um, he used to fight bantamweight. So to see him move up to featherweight, I'm I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to look and perform at that weight class. Yeah. Historically, has he been documented as a fighter who's had tough weight cuts? No, that's why I, I'm, I'm su oh. surprised he's going by. I think he's just going up. I don't know if this is like a one-time thing or if he's trying to do like a Company man. Yeah, shout out to yeah, him. Or maybe he was decided maybe that was, he was – kind of judging his performances and being like, oh, maybe I do a lot better if I, you know, didn't cut as much weight, you know, like maybe I could bulk up a little more, get a little like fit, you know, get some more muscle mass. And maybe that's, he thinks he can do it. Mm. But uh, who do you guys got? Who do you guys think? Oh, I'm going Ricky Simone all day. I got Ricky Simone as well. Yeah. It's crazy because Ricky Simone, I mean, 
definitely has better record, 17 and 3. And the, his last two losses were Rob Font and Uriah Faber. So, I mean, yeah. I that, think the Faber loss was that, just a, a lucky punch. Yeah, he got caught. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think everyone's leaning really on Ricky. Good old Ricky. Mm-hmm. We, we believe in you, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joe Rogan does uh his normal podcast but then he also does these uh joe rogan mma shows and that's what kind of inspired me to to do this and i'm really happy that it's kind of grown into me having um obviously nate's been there since the beginning but i'm happy that we have jeff here i feel like this is a a good mix of guys and uh, it's some of my favorite podcasts to do but he just put out this episode i think it was episode uh, 99 of his mma show with francis and ganu which yeah. I was uh, super stoked to, to, to listen to. But um, if, if you guys haven't yet, I highly suggest you go listen to it because if you uh, listen to that, that podcast and you hear Francis Ngannou's story on how he left Cameroon just to get to Spain, his journey from uh, Cameroon to, to, to Spain is just insane. Um, yeah. Him getting to Morocco, getting arrested seven times, him having to live in a forest and just his come up. It, it, it just... Uh, I, I feel like it just kind of like touched me to, to hear um, you know, him talking about his, his childhood and how he uh, hated that uh, he was poor and um, hated that people thought of him as less than nothing and treated him like shit. And just uh, his just tough childhood of having to walk two hours to school just to try to get an education, having to work in the sand mines as a kid. And yeah. it just blew my mind and it's just an amazing story and it uh just kind of opened my eyes and makes me respect francis and ganu like so much more because obviously we knew he was this talented crazy knockout artist but just to hear how he got there is insane and i'm like honestly it, it kind of has me rooting for him in this fight because i was like this his story is just too awesome and i just want to see this guy succeed from hearing from his early days on that podcast to where he is now his second title fight I just want to see this guy get to the belt and uh, be able to uh, prove everybody wrong from where he grew up. So it's just like, like I highly suggest you guys listen to that episode if you haven't, because it's, it's an amazing story. Because literally, Joe Rogan is barely even there. He lets Ngannou go off, and you hear this, yeah. this this story, and it's just wild to to hear that uh, this is what this guy had to go through just to get to be able to train, and it, it, it's it's wild, man. A great story. So, aside from when he brutally knocked out Kane Velasquez. Oh, so I'm, obviously, I'm very partial to Kane. Yeah. I'm a huge Nganu fan. Mm-hmm. And I knew a good amount about his story. And I actually am partially into that Joe Rogan episode. Um, I listened to, God, probably like 15 or 20 minutes like before I was, before I was supposed to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But Francis Nganu's fucking voice is so soothing. Like I ended up falling <laughs> asleep listening to it. So I'm going to get through the rest of it tomorrow while I'm at work. But that's awesome. what I heard out of it, and I've heard um, they had a couple ex- excerpts from it where it's just like certain portions and you see him, him yeah. talking to Joe Rogan on YouTube. Super inspiring. It's incredible. Yeah. I, I think it's crazy that he was in the UFC after fighting MMA for like two years. Yeah. Super, super green. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. insanity. And I... I like him against Stipe. I think he wins that fight, honestly. I think he learned from when he fought him the last time, and I think he catches him. Well, not to give away uh, spoilers or whatever, but when you listen to that podcast, he he explains his mindset and what he was going through leading up to that first fight, and it kind of makes you look at that fight a little different. Yeah. 
I remember, I haven't gotten to that part in the podcast, but I remember an interview where he mentioned that he thought he was like untouchable. Yeah. And that he went into it like very overconfident. And Steve kind of knocked him down a couple pegs. Yeah. Yeah. When you get to that part of the podcast and the way he explains it, you're kind of like, okay, like, this is this makes total sense, and obviously you don't want to take away anything from Stepe because uh, you know the uh, uh, went five rounds had had a, a good performance, but if, if if you look at the two fighters and where they've gone since, yeah, uh, and had that loss against Derek Lewis, but he even he even talks about the Derek Lewis fight in that podcast, and uh, if if you look at their careers and where they've gone since they last fought, uh, I I feel like Ngannou has gotten more better. And has become more of a mixed martial artist versus, yeah, Stipe has, uh, you know, beat DC, uh, you know, is the champ. But I feel like his skills ha- um, haven't grown as much as Ngannou's. So when they meet again, I think Ngannou's going to be a better fighter. And I think he's way more durable because look at Stipe. He's been knocked out, you know, a couple times. Yeah. Uh, uh, his chin is kind of questionable. But when, when you look at uh, Ngannou, He's never been put out. Um, he took all the sponges from Stipe in their first fight. He so I, I think uh, Ngannou has the durability, and he's way more dangerous than than Stipe. And I honestly, um, I, I know it's a little early. We're, we're still ways out, but I'm leaning towards Ngannou finally getting that belt. Yeah, I I agree with that. And in, in fact, I think Ngannou has been so impactful that how do I word this? I think Curtis Blades would beat Stipe if they fought. And because Francis Ngannou has knocked him out twice, he just hasn't had a, a shot at it because Blades has been on a tear aside from his Ngannou fights. So yeah. it's really it's really interesting. But I think Ngannou beats Stipe this time. Yeah, same here. I see uh, Ngannou winning. And then, holy shit, can you imagine we get that? Francis Ngannou versus John Jones because that's what they're that yeah. that's what they're prepping. They're saying John Jones is going to get the winner of this title fight, which is insane. And to think, dude, can you imagine? Can you imagine Ngannou <laughs> being the guy to knock out John Jones? I'm so excited. I mean, bad dude, that gets me so I, excited. I hate. John I like Jones. that better than Jones Stipe. I think Jones beats Stipe. Uh, yeah, same here because uh, Stipe is too slow for John Jones. Yeah, but I mean. One thing about Stipe, though, he has a really good IQ. I mean, he can make adjustments. Yeah. I mean, so if he can weather the storm and really tire out Francis like he did last time, I've, that's like his key to victory, 100%. I think, I think Stipe is a very smart guy when it comes to, like, tactics because, I mean, shit, you saw him shift in the DC fight, you know, you see him, like, adapt. And I, I think that's one of his, like, key assets. We- but I, yeah, Francis has definitely been... On a whole nother level. I mean, you just keep improving. I mean, for how little he's been in the sport, to you know, comparison to everyone else, there's no way up. There's no way that he's not getting higher in that skill level. Yeah, no, I I agree 100. percent I think Stipe, he needs to be like fitness model Stipe, like in that last DC fight where he was all where he was trimmed up. He was much quicker. His cardio was like clearly improved. He had a six pack. I think he needs to come into that kind of within that he needs to come into the fight with that kind of conditioning yeah. and that kind of speed to have a chance against Ngano. 
Yeah. yeah, but it's funny because it's it's weird how like that always happens where everyone already starts counting out Stipe in that kind of regard against yeah. Francis because they thought the same with the first fight. They thought it was just no way, and then you just saw it and you're like, oh, <laughs> all right. Because I thought Francis was going to win that first fight too. So I mean, that's the thing. Stipe's, I mean, he's considered one of the best in the world for a reason. So since we're on, since we're on the topic of Ngannou, what's your favorite? In Ganu knockout, mine is the one against uh, Rosenstruck. Yeah, yeah, but he's just swinging wild, and Rosenstruck just gets caught against the cage and blip. Yep, just sends him to hell. What do you guys think? Mine's the Overeem one because I remember watching that, and yeah, I was just like, holy shit! To to see him punch uh, Overeem with that that uppercut and Overeem just lift off the ground, you're just like, what the hell? This guy's a yeah. fucking beast. Honestly, that's the one that always like pops in my head. Like it's always the one. Like if you're gonna show someone a knockout from from Francis, that's the one you show because you're just like, you want to see how strong this guy is? Here you go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean it's just insane. But that yeah, the Rosenstruck one was really good too. I mean, most of his KOs are just like it's just out of nowhere, you know. You just like people just crumble. Even like Blades, you know, you never see Blades like that, and Blades just out. Yeah, his his power is yeah, he's just insane knockout power. Because like obviously everybody in the heavyweight division is uh, super strong and uh, can end a fight in one punch, but. Francis, just the way that he's just annihilating people, it's just on a whole nother level. Yeah, that fool is training in like the hyperbolic chamber and shit, like at a lower fucking temperature, like a gravity fucking pull, and he just goes out and just. <laughs> yeah. Next level, man. It's crazy. Crazy a- strength. Actually, kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he would probably kill one of us if he punched us. Like straight up. He oh, probably dude. would. Like, yeah, he would punch a hole be- in my face. <laughs> dude, <laughs> yeah, would- like. He could fold me up and dribble me like a basketball and slam dunk my ass, dude. He'd, he would kill me. Like, he would literally be able to lift us up with one hand. Like, you know, like, you know, they always see that, like, in fucking movies and shit, like the villain. Like, he'd be able to grab us just by, like, the fucking base of our neck and just fucking, like, crack our neck with his bare hand. Like, straight up. That's all fucking strong that full volley is. Yeah. It's nuts. I, I never want to meet that guy. I'd like to see him <laughs> mosh. That'd no. be crazy. Oh my god. god. Just I would be I'm, I'm not even gonna be anywhere near it. I'm, I'm getting out of there. I'm gonna be like just just he's a hum he's humongous too. So I I don't know. I I would like to meet him one day though. He he seems like a really nice guy. Shout yeah. out Ngannou. Yeah, Francis Ngannou. This is uh Francis Francis Ngannou, number one fan club. Let's go. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh okay, so I, I want to switch gears. Obviously, we uh, covered a lot of UFC. But uh, also, I'm a fan of Bellator, and they're making some moves. They had a big announcement um, earlier this week. Uh, they're moving to Showtime, which is uh, an awesome move. Uh, I, I used to use my uh, when I still live with my parents. I used to use their Showtime account to watch Strikeforce back in the day. That's where I got to see uh, you know DC come up. Uh, that's where I saw Luke Rockhold and uh, oh, yeah. Josh Barnett before he was back in the UFC. So many awesome fights. So I'm I'm stoked that Bellator is going to Showtime. But they announced a light heavyweight World Grand Prix, which is insane because their light heavyweight division is, uh, you know, stacked. They have a lot of uh, talented fighters there. And I don't know who, uh, you know, uh, decided on these matchups, but I'm just so stoked at the first round on how amazing these fights are. And I'm just like super 
surprised and super stoked on these matchups. Um, if you, do you guys want to start on the Ryan Bader side, or do you want to start on the Yol yeah, Romero side? I think that's uh, I think the Ryan Bader side's the weaker of the two sides. Okay, so we have uh, which uh, seems like a you know it could be a you know a, a classic uh, UFC fight. We got uh, Ryan Bader versus Leota Machida, which I think is going to be a really fun fight. Yeah, that was a controversial one too. I remember, I think I watched that at Tilted Gilts when they first fought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I see Bader winning that. I, I honestly, I think Machida's kind of you know at the same point of his career where maybe he should start winding down. Not, I don't see him getting much better. And Bader, he's definitely got that wrestling advantage. Definitely has improved quite a lot and. I think he's still growing and still, I mean, he was the double champ in Bellator for a reason. He's a, one of their top tier fighters. And I, I think Bader just takes it. I just hope. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Bader, I think Bader rolls through him pretty easy, actually. I honestly just don't want Bader to uh, uh, rush into things because that's how he got knocked out last time is he, he rushed in, got caught. So I, I want to see him play. Uh, play a little more smart, maybe be aggressive with your wrestling, or uh, maybe he feels like he's improved, uh, you know, that much with his striking and uh, just stand up with Bachita and just go for it. But I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I, I want Bader to win because I feel like he has more of a feature in Bellator, but at the same time, I could still see Leoto Machida uh, getting a W over Bader again. Yeah, it's tough to say. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I, I, I think Ryan. But, I mean, if he loses, he gets to go defend his heavyweight belt, <laughs> which is kind of weird. He hasn't defended that at all. Yeah. Like, double champs are cool, but then also um, get in situations like this where divisions get put on hold, which I don't like. I want to see things. Like, uh, since uh, this sport is uh, year-round, there's no seasons, there's no off time, I, I, I don't uh, ever see a reason why divisions should be held up unless like the champs are injured. But if it's yeah. a situation like a double champ, it's just like, dude, relinquish the title or go back to your division and leave the other one, you know? Yeah. Nunez is in a unique spot where, you know, there's not a lot of people at the other weight class. So it's like whenever someone pops up, <laughs> you know, like Megan Anderson, a lot of people would probably argue, you know, she doesn't necessarily should fight for the title, but you know, at least it gives that option where she could kind of go between the two where people don't really question it too much. It gives her more op- opportunities. But someone like Bader, where they have a pretty big heavyweight, you know, like they got to have like a good amount of fighters, but you don't really see, you know, they got Czech Congo, they got a bunch of people where it's like now, where what are they going to do? Because if he does win all these fights in the tournament, he's going to be booked up all the way to October. So what, the heavyweight, I mean, the heavyweights are big for and we we're just talking about with Francis and Stipe heavyweights are really big business. Like very, I mean, I mean, it's where most knockouts usually happen. It's, it's just explosive. People like to see the big boys fight. Like they say, True. so just to kind of put that on hold for him to do, be in this, you know, lightweight tournaments kind of like, or like light heavyweight tournaments. It's kind of weird to me. Yeah. But also on that same side of the bracket, we get uh, Corey Anderson. He's taking on a newcomer to Bellator. And I'm gonna butcher this guy's name, uh, Yagi yeah. Yagi Shamurdov. 
or yeah. no, Yagishi. Son. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. Uh, he's finding this. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad. For the casuals. So, I'm so bad. <laughs> Let's just move on. But yeah, so Corey Anderson's taking on this uh, this newcomer this to Bellator. Boy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this guy is on an eight fight winning streak. Uh, you know, he, he's been off for a year. So uh, Corey Anderson has a, a you know pretty tough matchup. Uh, you know, first round. Uh, but if I'm being honest, if Corey Anderson can go in there and utilize his wrestling and just stay active, I I, I could see him winning this fight pretty easy. If I'm being honest, I I don't know much about the the Russian fellow to speak on it. I haven't seen any of his highlights or anything, so I don't know. I, I feel like this is more of a shoe in for Corey Anderson. I think that's maybe what they're trying to present it as. But Corey Anderson said he Googled him and. Sees the guy as a tough test. I mean, that's kind of bad when you have to like Google, you know, your opponent to kind of be like, who the hell is this guy? Watch I mean, him like, roll through everybody. Watch him be the guy who wins it. He could. I mean, he, that's one thing, you know, in this uh, landscape, I feel like he has a pretty good, like, I, I could see him beating um, uh, Mr. Wonderful, like uh, Phil, you know, I could see him beating him pretty easily. Corey Anderson. Phil's not getting past the first round. No, I think the champ's gonna. I, I don't think I don't know why they teamed the champ up with Phil. Well, a big name, uh, you know, Phil's a you know super talented fighter, and I always think it's interesting that um, uh, Bellator runs their tournaments in the way that the they put the champ in there because normally the, the the champ would act as like a final boss, but yeah. they have the champ fight in the tournament, and each fight um, he's defending his belt throughout the the tournament so i, I think that's pretty awesome and uh interesting move on Bellator's part to, to keep doing it that way yeah. um but uh since we're on that side of the bracket uh vadim nev um, nemkov uh, am i pronouncing yeah, nemkov. yeah nemkov, nemkov uh fighting phil davis uh as much as a mr wonderful fan i am i don't see him beating um nemkov i, I think nemkov is just uh, way more talented brutalized bader Holy yeah 100 so i see Nemkov moving on to the um, semifinals uh, over Phil Davis, which who he's going to fight is kind of crazy to think about. Oh, my God. Oh, man. This this last fight. Anthony Rumble Johnson coming back, which is insane. And like, I, I get why he he I mean, uh, I went on hiatus or retired or whatever. Um, but uh, part of me just wish that he would have just stuck through because think about how much work he could have been putting in over these like last couple of years uh he got know. really big too like you saw him at the bare because he was like an ambassador for bare knuckle and man he was looking like like overweight you know like he was looking thick yeah uh, but not in like a ripped way yeah. but he's he slowed down quite a lot yeah he, he's looking back in shape now uh, he, uh i you know just seen some pictures of him so i'm, I'm happy he, he's coming back to mma because i've always been a fan of rebel johnson i i liked him when he was fighting down at welterweight when he got poked in the eye by josh koscheck and got robbed of <laughs> that victory uh, so I, i've always been a fan of rebel johnson but i'm so stoked and curious to see how this fight's gonna play out against yoel romero who uh yeah. you know, left the ufc joined bellator and now has moved up a weight class and if, if you think about how insane yoel romero looked at middleweight uh you know, never looked sucked out just look like you know perfect body just always ripped i'm curious to see what he's gonna look like at uh, light heavyweight like is he gonna put on some mass or is he just going to look like uh, you know he does on fight night when he fought at middleweight? So I'm, I'm just really curious to see what he looks like. 
and how this matchup is going to play out because you, you got to think these guys are you know both fighting out of Florida, uh, training at rival gyms. So th- th- this matchup is going to be really fun. Uh, if I'm being honest, I- I'm putting my money on Rumble Johnson. I, I think uh, his knockout power and his uh, reach will be a lot for Romero. Uh, and I'm yeah. I'm just hoping that he can uh, neutralize uh, your Yoel Romero's wrestling. I think that that's where um, his only issue would be. Yeah, I see. Uh, I see. Romero is going to kind of probably do the same style of fight that maybe he did against Israel, where he's going to try to counter because he's going to, you know, be very into his. Because lately he's been really into his boxing, you know, like he, especially with the wars he had with Whitaker and whatnot. I think he's going to kind of try to wait for Johnson to throw and counter him, kind of how he was waiting for Israel to throw the entire time. But I think Rubble is actually going to push forward and throw. But the only issue is if Rubble connects, he's gonna go out. I, I just see it. I think he's I think Rubble's gonna knock him out in the first round. <laughs> All right, so I love this fight. And I wanna say shout out to Bellator for matching them up in the first round and making sure that they fight each other because they very easily could have put them on other sides of the bracket and they could have never linked up in the sight of a setting. So I love the matchmaking. I think Yoel Romero wins. And my reasons for thinking that are as follows. Number one, Yoel Romero is no longer going to have to have that brutal cut to middleweight. I think he's going to be much fresher at 205 than when he was at middleweight. I think the size of Rumble Johnson and how big he got and how recently he was that big is going to play a pretty big factor. I think Yoel's going to be as explosive at 205 as he was at 85, possibly more explosive. And I think there's a good chance that Rumble Johnson uh, might have some serious ring rust that he's dealing with. And against an explosive guy like Yoel Romero, you can't afford to have that at all. So I think the amount of time that Rumble had his layoff in comparison to how active Yoel Romero has been combined with Yoel Romero no longer having to cut weight, I think Yoel Romero beats him. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, that's the thing about this matchup. It's so good. I mean, there's a lot of questions on both because they both have kind of had their ups and downs. I mean, when uh, – at- Rumble left. He, you know, it's not like he left at the top. I mean, he left at the top, but he left at his low, you know, like he wasn't doing too hot and too well, but who knows, maybe taking the time off. It's not, not like he wasn't training. I think he was still being active, even like mentoring people. So who knows? I kind of feel like if he wasn't confident in himself, because confidence does play a big, I mean, I, both these guys are going to be extremely confident, but I think I still think Rumble. I think he has something to prove. I think he's going to be the fresher one. Hey, I'm down with that. I mean, both these guys just fucking knock people out. Like, that's yeah. that's what they were put on this planet to do, especially Rumble. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe maybe he, he'll maybe it'll be as if he never missed a step. Maybe he'll be as quick and as powerful as he was before. And maybe I'm just way off. I, no, see. I mean, honestly, both both scenarios are, you know, that's the thing. It, it really depends on how they show up. 
you know, my, if they make weight. Mind... Oh yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, it, it's even if they make weight, you know, that's a big question to see if Rumble can make the weight, you know, like, yeah, maybe Romero, you know, maybe he gets a little, a little leeway because he's like, ah, I used to cut more, you know, and doesn't actually make weight either, you know. I mean, there's so much. It's not like either of them. Well, the only one who's fought at this is Rumble, you know. Romero's mind, never gone up to 205. My mind is telling me you all Romero. Yeah. But my body is telling me Rumble Johnson via knockout. But I'm trusting my mind more here. Yeah. Okay, let's get some early predictions. I want to know who you guys think is going to make it to the finals and who you think is going to win. And I'll start. In my opinion, I think we're going to see a rematch in the finals Ryan Bader versus Anthony Johnson. And when it comes down to it, I think we're going to see Johnson uh, win that rematch because um, he beat uh, Ryan Bader way back in the day. It was like a UFC on Fox. Um, I can't remember which yeah. number. But I, I think um, that's who's going to be in the finals. We're going to get a rematch, and Johnson's going to take it all because I, I think he's just uh, uh, ta- like way more talented. And just that his crazy knockout power is just uh, such a key factor when it comes to these fights. And when I look at the people on his side of the bracket, I can see him knocking everybody out no problem. I'd love to see that. Um, I'm personally going with, uh, I agree on that side that Bader is going to get into the finals, the finals, but I think uh, it's going to be a rematch of Nemkov and Bader and Nemkov whoops his ass again. Okay. Yeah, I can see that too, but I'm going to switch it up and say, I think Corey Anderson versus uh, Nemkov. I think that's what's good. I think uh, Corey Anderson will beat Bader. Okay. Yeah, I I would love to see uh, them. Uh, the Russian up. guy is the one who wins. The one who can't even pronounce his name. He's the one who forgets everything. The like, newcomer. Shit. He's just gonna come in and just whoop everybody's ass. Yeah. I mean, hey, honestly, any way that this thing plays out, though, I think it's gonna be exciting every step of the way. I don't see yeah. any scenario where it's just like shitty and boring. So. Unless we get board. like Romero just standing, putting his arms up. That would, you know what? That, <laughs> would, that would be so fucking whack because at this point, he can take another loss, especially going down to Bellator from the UFC. Like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So if he goes in there and is like not engaging against Rumble, that would be highly annoying. But I'm, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm but hopefully, with the bigger happen. paycheck, he's willing to willing to take the risk. Yeah, I'd be so disappointed if it played out that way. Yeah, he's going to get paid the same throughout anyway. True, but but I'm just stoked because I love these um, official tournaments because you know sometimes yeah uh, when we watch UFC they have those like unofficial tournaments where we know you know uh, these fights are happening the winners are going to fight and blah 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 but the fact that Bellator is making an event out of it. Uh, yeah, it, it, I think it just makes it a little more special and way more fun to watch. Yeah. I I agree. I'm I'm loving this format. I think it's super cool. So you think then if there is, we'll say Nemkov versus Rumble, you think Rumble just knocks him the fuck out? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, he's nasty. I, lo- I love that fight too. I'd love to see that. 
Yeah, that, yeah, that that's honestly the better matchup. I I think uh, Nemcom versus Romero would be good. It's a good fight, but him versus Rumble, like especially Rumble comes off like a crazy KO, that'd be because I mean it'd be really impressive. But who knows? Maybe Phil just out wrestle uh, Nemkov, you know? Just show him, show him what he can do. Just... But if Vader wasn't able to, you know, I don't know. I I Vader think... beat Phil. I think based off of our conversation right now and all the possibilities, it just shows like how good of a tournament this is. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a bad matchup. Every fight is one that I want to tune in and uh, pay attention to just to see how these guys perform and what they look like. Uh, And, and, and even on both sides of the bracket, I'm, you know, uh, Bader versus Corey Anderson or Bader versus the new guy or Machida versus Anderson or Machida versus the new guy. Every matchup is fun no matter um, what the outcomes are. So I'm, I'm just yeah. looking forward to it and like, you know, props to Bellator for putting together something very entertaining and uh, giving us crazy, like just, yeah, the opening round of the tournament is just insane matchups. So definitely stuck on that. But guys, this is, this has been amazing. This is uh, episode thirteen. We're we're staying true to our word. Uh, it seemed like our last one was unlucky. How could imagine if uh, episode thirteen would have had the cutoff and all that? Hey, oh, yo, man. yo, chill. It, it, it could still happen. <laughs> I, I haven't saved we're the at audio the end yet. Now. <laughs> um, yeah, but nothing saved. So, um, oh uh, my god. Uh, Want to thank you guys. Obviously, I I appreciate your guys' time and. Uh, you know, making time for this and uh, getting together and doing these podcasts. Like I always say, uh, just chatting MMA with you guys is, is always fun. Um, obviously, like we have our group chat and, and we talk about it all the time as things pop up. But uh, just being able to sit here and just have these in-depth conversations, seriously, are some of my favorite podcasts to do. Yeah. It's always good talking, man. Yeah. But I'm into uh, it. before we sign off, is there anything you guys want to say or plug? I'm just going to say... Uh, if you're listening, shout out Max Way. I know you've listened to some other episodes before. I hope you hear this. Hell yeah. See you guys awesome in dude. the Apex Battlegrounds. Okay. Season 8. Apex Legend, boy. Season- Get that repeater. I'll Season see you on eight. the field. Go, go buy Fuse and enjoy it. It's been a fun season so far. But seriously, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I hope you guys all tune in to UFC 258, uh, Usman versus Burns. It's going to be an awesome card. And we'll definitely be back uh, soon. Um, when are we returning, uh, you guys? If I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, when's the next major card? Uh, I think we'll be back. Uh, you guys want to uh, come back? Next, I, the next one's Israel Inyan, unless you want to go before that. Uh, That's the next pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, no, let's come back um, for uh, Rosenstruck um, versus Gain, Surreal Gain. I, I think that, okay. that, that that's going to be fun. Um, you know, um, obviously from uh, now till then, uh, give us a pretty good gap. And I know there's a lot of stuff that's going to be popping off, um, you know, uh, from now till then. So, uh, we'll, yeah, talk about the results of everything. Yeah, that's we'll we'll out. come back for Rosenstruck and Gain, and then we'll definitely return for um, uh, Block. block God, I'm, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time <laughs> pronouncing uh, 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 Jan's, uh, Jan's name, Jan Blahovitz. Uh, Blahovitz. Yeah, just call him Blahovitz. God, I'm, I'm freaking messing it up. But uh, that card, uh, we get uh, three title fights on that. that that's going to be insane. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's going to be the craziest card of this year, probably. I don't know how they could top that. Dude, Inganu, Miocic 2, and then um, Slated, uh, Volkanovski, Ortega. Oh, dude, that that could rival that card. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good matchups 
in the works. I mean, that it's a great time for MMA. I mean, Bellator's got some great fights. PFL's got some interesting ones coming out. Mm-hmm. UFC definitely is bringing the heat. So yeah, I'll I'll tell you what. So I follow like some other sports loosely, and I watched the Super Bowl. I don't know if you guys did or not. I did. Oh, watching, the, watching the Super Bowl just reinforced how much better of a sport fucking MMA is compared to everything else. Hundred percent. Thousand percent. So much more exciting. Yeah. 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 Well, seriously, thank you guys. And like I always say, we'll be back soon. Ex- expect a podcast for the Rosenstruck uh, versus Gain card. But till then, uh, be safe and enjoy these upcoming cards. 